Access more. Welcome to the Happy Home. I'm Arlene Pelicane. Do you struggle with body image? Or maybe you worry about the messages your kids are getting. Elisa Keaton is here to share why your body isn't a problem to be solved. In fact, it's part of God's solution. Strengthening you and your family. <laughs> Welcome to the Happy Home Podcast with your host, Arlene Pelican. Okay, now I have you wondering, wait a minute, how is my body part of the solution? <laughs> right? This is going to be such an interesting conversation about how we can make the best of our bodies. But I tell you what, sitting down all day, scrolling on our phones, never going outside, not moving, that is not the way. And if you're having trouble with your digital habits, I want to recommend my book, Calm, Cool, and Connected, Five Digital Habits for a More Balanced Life. Many times on the podcast, I talk about my book, Screen Kids, which is for us as parents to read about our kids' screen time. But you know what? Sometimes it is our screen time. And this is also a good book for your young adult child to read as well. Calm, Cool, and Connected, Five Digital Habits for a More Balanced Life. Well, today's guest, Elisa Keaton, has been a fitness professional for over 30 years. She's the founder of Revelation Wellness, which is a nonprofit ministry that uses physical and mental health practices to spread the gospel. She hosts the popular Revelation Wellness podcast, which has over 7 million downloads. You can listen to it, and you can hear her coach you through um, walking and being filled with the scripture. It's like awesome. Her new book is called The Body Revelation, Physical and Spiritual Practices to Metabolize Pain, Banish Shame, and Connect to God with Your Whole Self. Elisa lives in Phoenix with her husband, Simon. They have two kids. Let's get started. Elisa, thank you so much for being on The Happy Home. You are. We're going to talk about something that women usually don't like to talk about, and that is our bodies and... <laughs> exercise, nutrition. But before we get there, I would love to find out about how you got turned on to fitness when you were a teenager. And it has to do with like going to aerobics and like getting those high top Reeboks that, that I used yeah. to have as well. So I want to yeah. hear about this. Yeah, it definitely fell into my lap. I was 14 years old and I was invited by a friend in high school. Her mom was taking a local aerobics class and this was before we had big gyms and aerobic classes as we see today, or even, I guess, kind of little boutique gyms are a big deal again now. And this was back in the day when it was just a little a little strip mall uh, office building that was turned into a space for women to gather. And uh, yeah, I went, I was 14 years old and I, I got caught up in the, the cacophony of spinning and dancing and kicking and all these moms. It was just me and my friend where the young kids, there was a lot of moms in the 80s. And I loved it. I, I didn't know how much I would love it. I was always a tomboy growing up. So I, I always had some connection to my body that I would rather be out throwing uh, dirt clogs with my brother and having some type of a, a tree climbing contest than sitting and, and, and reading a book. Not that that's not great, but I, there's right. something about my body. And so when I took that class... I laid there in the cool down and, you know, I'm 14 years old and at 14, you're starting to question all the things. Do I fit in? Do I, you're understanding a little bit about boys and sexuality. And I've had my own dysfunction in my house growing up. 
So I was having all that inner turmoil, but there was something about that class that moved me. And as I laid there in the cool down, I sensed a warmth that washed over me and a sense that everything was going to be all right. I didn't know where that thought came from, but just everything was going to be all right. It felt like it calmed my nervous system. And it did. Now I know I was being calmed. And I felt like whatever that woman just did, I'm going to learn to do that one day. Or there was something that was drawing me into the world of embodiment. I would call it embodiment. Now, not, you know, fitness has had its own day in the sun. And I think that's why a lot of women are kind of uncomfortable to talk about it because it hasn't been done right. It hasn't been done well. We've had a terrible narrative for the body and the church hasn't really given us a narrative. And what it's done is almost enforce restriction and legalism in a way. And so we haven't really had a great relationship with our bodies. So I think- I would love to hear what you think is the bad narrative and then what you think would be the better replacement narrative. Oh, the bad narrative is that the body needs to be submitted. You got to control it, um, that it is the bad thing um, that we have to say it's bad. And if I have enough willpower and if I have enough spiritual enlightenment, then this thing will submit to me, which is such a weird thing to think about because Jesus had a body and he gave his body for us. Jesus was not, uh, you know, he he got colds and flus. He wasn't uh, impervious to all the things that our body does come against in a broken world, but it still is the the beauty to display the kingdom. It is the way that love gets made seen. Jesus touched to heal. Jesus sat and Jesus would would get in community and his body was a part of it. And his body was broken so that ours could be made whole. I think we have been uncomfortable about the body. Uh, We have tried to dress it up and put it into legalistic rules. And now we need a better narrative of the wonder and the beauty of the body that in the beginning when God made us, Mago Dei, uh, image bearers, that he made bodies. And we were meant to commune with God, with our body. And I think it starts, that's why I love what you're doing, Arlene, is this conversation with families and kids. We have got to have a better conversation with our children about our bodies, but it starts with us having a better conversation about our bodies. Yeah, because they might hear us talking. Yes. Yeah, but they're also watching. How do we, you know, cringe when we look in the mirror? Or how do we, you know, talk about the body, et cetera? Absolutely. Yeah, it's... It's this culture or narrative of the body is a culture that is caught, not necessarily taught. You know, before you had a cognitive word formed, before you could put a sentence together as a toddler or as a a young child, your body was teaching you about the world around you. Your body was helping you be curious. Your body learned information. It's called a cognitive embodiment that your body teaches your brain. So before you're your brain is really able to put some reasoning into order. Your yeah. body is helping you to understand this is safe. When you're when you're a baby and you cry, you feel hungry. That's an embodied expression. And then so you cry and then hopefully someone comforts you and meets your need and then you feel safe and you can continue to have your body uh, feel safe, even though it can also encounter stress from the moment we're born. 
I, there was a part in your book I love that says, our bodies are how love makes its way into the world. Yes. More than building muscles and minimizing fat, we need bodies that are fit to carry love to others. For example, by carrying groceries up a flight of stairs to a single mom in need or by being rested and mentally sharp enough to patiently help our kids with their homework. And I love this perspective of your body, like really treating it well, because it's like, oh, wait a minute, this is the vehicle that carries love. This is how I carry love to my children. This is how I carry love to my husband. Like what a beautiful way you have, you've put that into words. Yes. And could you imagine if we really all said, there's a culture of us that said, this is what my body's for. This is what my body's for. And I mean, we see a body positivity movement happening. I think that's great. Thank God we're trying to say there's a better narrative than one size, but it also is, but then for what, even though we can celebrate yes. our body shape and size, for what? For yes. Why? Yeah. And I, and I'd like to just sit here for a second because you're not saying, you know, don't move around, don't, you know, eat whatever you want, you know, let's, let's just be lazy. That's not what you're saying. You're saying that's not the focus. Those are ways that you get healthy, but the why is, hey, so we can carry love, which is something so beautiful. But um, I want to go back to you as a teenager, because when you went into that aerobics class and found that exercise, it wasn't just the love of exercise. It was also like just a physical release of all the pain you had had as a child. Take us a little bit into your home and what then exercise and finding Jesus came to mean to you. Yes, we. I came from a, a, a home that my parents stayed together for their whole life, uh, functionally dysfunctional for sure. I mean, I'm grateful. I guess they they stuck it out. They stayed true to their marriage vows, but they neither of them came from a family of faith, a family of real solid um, moral kind of upbringing. It was pretty broken. My mom's upbringing was, um, kind of given away at youth from her, her mother kind of gave her over to her grandmother to raise her. And my father was raised very poor. And so there was a lot of, uh, lack and, and there was a lot of, um, kind of even sexual perversion that was happening in his growth, in his youth. So they come together, have two children, and it was a mess. They were, I remember from my youth, there was a lot of arguing, a lot of fighting. So there was no safety. Safety is something we definitely want to provide for our kids in, in their formative years. And so I always felt a little anxious as a child. I could feel that for sure. And as they were kind of groping their way through a messy marriage, uh, my aunt and uncle who lived just a few houses down on the street that we lived on, they had a daughter who was in the Jesus movement. So that movie is out right now, the Jesus revolution. Yeah. She was actually a hippie seeking all other kinds of things and had a radical encounter with Jesus brings it home to her mom and dad who were like very resistant to it at first, but then Jesus manifests in their home. Like they have a whole encounter and they give it to my parents, this good news of the gospel. And we would call ourselves believers in a Catholic faith, but we didn't understand what that meant. It was just, it was just a label. Um, we are a big family of Hispanics. And so it's just kind of culturally what you do. So when Jesus entered, it was a shift in my mom and dad for sure. Um, in terms of we started to talk about Jesus more. We started to have some things, artwork in the house a little bit more. Um, and we started to go to a church that was different than a mass. And But other than my parents receiving Christ and we became Christians, I didn't see any change. 
I didn't see any behavior change. I didn't see any heart change. They continued the same thing, but now it was just with Jesus. So I was really confused by it and actually quite turned off in my youth. And that set me on a course to be like, well, I'm like, you're not showing me anything. Okay, Jesus, I kind of like the fact that he's my friend. I'll take that with me, but I don't see anything here that shows humility and teachability and and a changed heart. And so I went off in my own direction of seeking for love and approval and thinking I was going to figure it all out the way I thought life would work. And it definitely did not. Everything went the wrong way. And then that's when, thank goodness for Jesus, he did stay with me all the time. Yeah. The friend that you had then was faithful, you know, all the way through. Yeah. If you're searching for the perfect way to inspire and empower the young girl in your life, look no further than the NIV Kingdom Girls Bible from Zondervan Publishing. With over 400 engaging features, colorful illustrations, and helpful notes, this Bible is perfect for girls ages 8 to 12 as they learn about the strong and faithful women who came before them. This Bible brings the stories of women to life and shows how their faith and strength can inspire girls today. To order or check out a sample, go to nivkingdomgirlsbible.com, nivkingdomgirlsbible.com. This Bible, it's so pretty. It's got a lovely design. It's easy to read. And most importantly, it's a great resource for girls as they grow in their faith and learn about women who have impacted the world. Find out more, including how to order and see a sample at nivkingdomgirlsbible.com. The link is also in the show notes. Every girl deserves a faith-filled adventure. Now that you you are a mom, you mm-hmm. know, and talking to your kids, you know, what a difference, right? Then the oh, the the home you grew up in. So I love that at the end of our show, we always talk about that you don't have to come from a happy home to create one. Mm-hmm. You know, here you've been able to learn and to grow and to create one. Yes. Um, talk about how fitness and or, or, uh, or you know, moving your body, yeah, how that has it. really helped transform, you know, yeah. you as a person and help yeah. you then to parent from a completely different place than yeah. you were, you know, decades ago. Yes. Well, that's the thing. I believe (laughs) I just have this personal opinion and belief that we come to Jesus because we're hurting. I don't know if people really come to Jesus because life is going great. I I don't know. He's a savior. I need saving. That means things are going bad. (laughs) I need something more. When we reach up for him, he reaches for us. And so in my pain and my childhood was following me, even though I thought I was running away from it and going to find the life and figure it all out. It came with me and it was in my marriage that I was like repeating the patterns of my mother and, and not happy and, and, and just finding myself in need of a savior. And so when Jesus comes into my life, I, I was ready for him because he's he would be the love that would never leave. He he was what my heart needed. I knew that in my in my spirit. My spirit was drawn. The Holy Spirit was calling out to me. But I began to feel so disintegrated because I could believe one thing, 
with my mind, but yet I couldn't live things out with my body, right? That's the thing. This is how my love gets seen. My What I do with my body, what I say, how I feel, how I hold my face, how I sleep, all of this is a good indicator of how am I doing in relationship to God who is abiding with me, who wants to remain with me. And so I was really kind of confused. I, I was almost tortured in a way because I wanted to do something different with my kids. I wanted something different, but I couldn't get there because the trauma and the pain of my youth was not just something that affected me or anyone in a soul level, but also biologically. And that's really the reason this book, The Body Revelation, I wrote it, is to help people understand that it's not that you lack willpower. It's not that you you lack, um, you know, you need to study more scripture. And maybe you do. (laughs) If you're not reading scripture, please be reading it. But I was reading all the scripture. I was a ministry leader. I was doing and saying all the right things. But in my heart, I felt like a fraud. I felt disintegrated. I felt like, what is wrong with me? And that was when I became aware of the adverse childhood experience um, survey that shows that um, the amount of trauma we have in our youth, in our formative years, and trauma, can I just define it here, Arlene? There's big T and little T. The big T traumas are when you live through, you know, earth shattering things or things where you feel overwhelmed in your body. If it's abuse, sexually, physical, um, natural disasters, things that are just too overwhelming car accidents, you weren't expecting them. But little T traumas are things like bullying, shame, infidelity, uh, bankruptcy, just stress, ongoing stress over time. Those will change the operation and structure of your brain. So it was, you can know what's right to do, but if your architecture of your brain does not operate and come online the way someone who had safety and attachment and belonging in their youth, you will think, what, why is this happening to me? That was when I went deeper into like, okay, God, I need healing for my brain. I need healing for my body. I can know all the right things to do and not do it, but it's not out of my lack of love for you. I need actual healing. And I began a really kind walk with the Lord of doing less. So for me, we have this saying in Revelation Wellness, which is the ministry that I get to do, that people are prone to obsess over their body or neglect their body. We just kind of do those extremes. Again, with the body, we've been very black or white. I move towards obsessing. I move towards control. And that usually feels good for a lot of people. That's why we go on diets. We want some control. But that isn't always, it's not kind. So I had to learn kindness from the Lord. I had to learn to learn how to breathe. Like everyone right now, I love doing this in podcasts if we can, Arlene. Let's just take a deep breath and inhale for the count of five. One, two, three, four, five. Exhale. One, two, three, four, five. Just breath. When you take a breath, it has been proven that you can shift your biology from one of fight flight, from um, go, 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 to a rest and digest and to tend and befriend. And that's what God wants to do. The Holy Spirit is not rushing or screaming or fire, fire, fire. The Holy Spirit is like a dove that rests on us and in us. And doves are skittish. 
they'll fly away. If you feel ragged and jagged and anxious, they'll fly away. So I had to learn how to just become more calm in me. And that's the body revelation is to teach people this centering, the home of God is with you and in you and how to host the presence of God all the time, whether there's trouble or whether you're in a moment of celebration, how to continue to host the revelation of who Jesus Christ is in your body. So that's kind of in the practice of healing my brain and healing my mental health. And my body has been part of that because when we exercise, we are helping to restructure and re-architect our brain. Health or exercise has always been about mental health and well-being. Always, always. Jesus would walk about 10 miles a day, commentators say, on an average when he would travel. Minimum of 10 miles a day, walking, talking, walking, talking. We don't do that anymore. We, yeah. we sit and we scroll. So this, right. that's this kind of journey for me has been about to just tend to the friend of Jesus that I hold in my body and his loving kindness that draws me into a new way of life. That's so beautiful. You know, I think of like the breath of heaven, like how that breath, you know, how rejuvenating that is. It's so amazing. Okay. Um, you at the In your book, you have these sections of mind, mouth, move. And I really yeah. like that. And I think even if I certainly suggest that our podcast listeners get the body revelation and just this concept of, okay, let me tend to my mind. Let me tend to my mouth and let me move around. Can you just expand like those three yes. things? This is so fun. So I, I have a little brain here. I have half a brain here. And it really is the mind mouth move portion is to fuel the neuroplasticity. Because if we are going to heal our brain and decompress from the stress, again, everyone just chronic stress, emails, all the things is changing our brains. In order to detox from that, we want to build new pathways, create and re-architect our mind to be like a mind like Christ. Then there are three things we want to do. We want to think new things, say new things, and do new things. That's literally how neuroplasticity happens. You have to think new things, learn new things. So we read scripture. The body revelation teaches us how to see scripture and who God is in light of the body we have. So we can think new things about our body. We have to say new things. We have to, in that part of the, that part of the book, we, I ask people to say this prayer out loud, not in your head, but say those words because your your ears need to hear your mouth say what your heart believes that's a neuroplastic yeah. training and then you have to do new things you've got to move you got to get up out of that state or that shift yourself from if you're feeling depressed or anxious get up that's again cognitive embodiment what i do with my body will teach my mind and reinforce what i decide is true so the mind mouth move, you know, apply that for anything that you want to do something new and in life. It's so interesting too, because you see us stuck on social media, whether a mom, a dad, a child, a teenager, and that's like the opposite. Like you are not thinking new thoughts. You're thinking the thoughts of whoever programmed, whatever it is you're doing, it wants you to think. So you're not thinking your own thoughts and then you are not moving. You're just sitting there completely still. And then you're well, not saying a thing. You're just completely right? silent. Just mm -hmm. so it's so Interesting. That's why one reason of many, but one reason we are so sick is that is not, that's the opposite of what you're saying. Absolutely. And we were never meant for this much information. We were never meant for this much connectivity. Did you know today, Arlene, if you read the New York Times from front to back, and you can do it online, 
you would receive more information in that newspaper than someone would in their entire life in the late 1800s. Like that's just one thing. We have too much information that changes our brain. That makes us stressed. That downregulates our immune system. Chronic health, autoimmune disorders and disease is just coming up on a rise. And so we throw more medicines at it. Not that I'm against medicines. There's times and places for it, but we have got to wake up. Mind, what am I thinking? Mouth, what am I saying? Move, what am I doing? Holy Spirit wants to meet us there and change us into new creatures. So let's say someone is listening to this and they're like, yes, like I want to do this. I embrace this. I want to do these things. How do we, you know, I'm a very practical person. So how do we get from this thought of, okay, I need to move to be healthy, but I'm not Jesus and I don't have to walk 10 miles a day. I have a car. So I have to schedule some kind of movement in my life. How does she then connect the dots between, yes, I'm ready. I'm going to do this. And okay, I'm either going to go to a class or I'm going to walk with a friend or like, how does she just make this really happen in her calendar? Oh man, it's so good. Well, first of all, I just got to say, get the book. In the book, I give you, there's, it's a 24 chapter book, bite-sized chapters at the end of each chapter. I, we train together. We will go for a walk together. We will move your body together. You will hear uh, what you learned in that chapter, kind of process it out because you need to digest this information. We take in information all the time, but we're not really, how does this apply to me? How do I feel this in my body? Where does this, what does this mean for me? Holy spirit. Uh, and then I also, in every chapter, teach you to how do breath work, stillness. So gas pedal, brake pedal. We learn how to move. We learn how to rest. Um, so I highly encourage that. But beyond that, just in a practical way, can't buy the book, find it. It's not in the library. Practically, well, uh, revelationwellness.org, we have tons of free resources. We have something called RevWell TV that you can use absolutely for free. Get an account. There's a beginner's calendar, 20 minutes of movement. Um, if you don't want that, I honestly feel the most simple thing you can do, which is why it's what I do in the book. Just go for a walk. The quickest way to move your biomarkers of good health, this is scientifically proven, the quickest way to move and shift you from dis-ease into health and your blood will register fast and they can actually draw blood and see the change in you is to move your body. It's just Go for a walk, 10, 15 minutes. Find it on your lunch break, wherever you can do it. And I know here's the thing. We all go, I don't have time. Well, we make time for the things that matter. We just do. And it's okay. We got to confess that. Ask the Lord to help you. And then back to this neuroplasticity thing, you are going to need limbic friction, it's called. You're you're not going to like it. It's not going to feel comfortable. You'd rather spend the 10, 15, 20 minutes doing something easier, but that doesn't bring new things into life. Jesus said the narrow way is the way to go. Narrow is harder. So celebrate that 10 minutes a day, the 15 minutes a day, whatever you're going to do, that harder thing to do. And then as you do it, our bodies are designed that when we do the harder thing, we release literally hope chemicals, neurotransmitters come out our like squeeze out our muscles and our brain to help us then shift those biomarkers of I'm a healthy person. I feel stronger, right? Does anyone ever feel worse after you've moved your body? 
Usually not, not. And if you do, then you're probably over-exercising because that's a whole nother, you went too far in another direction. Most people will just feel better after 10, 15 minutes. And I just think if you compound that with the word of God, which is what we do at Revelation Wellness, man, you got to change life. We get all testimonies all the time coming in. of just starting really small with the kindness of God, asking him to renew your mind and what your body is for. It changes. It changes little by little. It's so exciting. You know, at our church, I'm, we're blessed to have, we have, there's an exercise class, it's called Dance Fit. And mm-hmm. these teachers, they're so much fun and they make it so fun. So I go with my teenage daughters. And, you know, always before we go, it's like, oh, I don't feel like going. But my teenage daughter will be like, no, I really want to go. Let's go. And she'll be the one that says, like, I really want to go. Let's go. So we go and it's like fun. And then you end and there's this worship music and you are stretching. And it's just like, this is amazing. So it is it is so true. The last thing I want to ask is just a word of encouragement to that woman who is just like I have not liked my body for the last, you know, 20 30 years or I just had a baby or I just had my third baby and man, I am just not feeling it right now. How can she just look and and start realizing, wait, this body is a blessing. I I don't I don't despise this body. I I will I embrace this body. I'm going to take care of this body. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would just love to read over this to you. Second Corinthians four, uh, verses sixteen through eighteen. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. It's the unseen part of you that matters. It is to, I want to first just say, good job that you can recognize, I don't really love my body. I hate, I, I feel shame about it. I don't really like it. I just want to, I literally with tears in my eyes, I can say, I'm so proud of you for saying that. The Lord knows you feel that way. And he also wants to heal you of that. And it is in the internal place that you would know that you are the beloved, that you would know that you're already enough. And that in this, just your moment right now of having breath in your lungs and the ability to take your arms and give your child a hug, he is proud of you. And you start with the celebration of what is right about you and what you can do. And then you begin to compound it and do another right thing. And that internal work will work its way out of you. There's a treasure in the jar of clay and you need to shake it, stir it up until it pours over. So look to the things that are unseen. And when you start there, the health will come little by little. And remember, sister, it's not about your body vanity. Your body is about ability and not vanity. This is the thing we will give the Lord is our ability to worship him. And one day we will worship him forever. We won't study him. We won't be doing service. We will worship him. Use your body as that instrument of worship and it'll all feel a lot lighter and less heavy. You have helped us so much in this short time, Elisa, understand so many new things. You have given us new thoughts. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm honored to get to do it. Who knew exercise could be, I mean, kind of exciting, right? I trust that as you've listened to this, there's been an aha moment of, wow, I've got to change my thinking about that. Or man, the shame is off me. The guilt is off me. Or you know what? I'm, I'm going to look forward to moving 
tomorrow. And instead of it being this guilt-inducing, like you're not doing good enough kind of thing, it's going to be this worship to God, like, God, I'm going to worship you with my whole body. And I'm so thankful for Elisa that she's brought a new perspective to us. Her new book is called The Body Revelation. So if you want to learn more, I definitely recommend that you get that book. And remember, you can find Elisa Keaton at revelationwellness.org and the Revelation Wellness Podcast. And if you need some help to kind of bring some wellness into your digital life, then pick up my book. It's available wherever books are sold. Calm, Cool, and Connected, Five Digital Habits for a More Balanced Life. So if you feel like frazzled, hot-tempered, and overconnected, then you really need this book, Calm, Cool, and Connected. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. Please share it uh, with a friend who may need this word. And if you're listening and, you know, whether it's a parenting subject we're tackling or a marriage subject, please share this with your friends so they too can have these resources because we learn, uh, we do better as parents and as as spouses when we keep on learning, when we're committed to learning. And you're here listening to the podcast, so that's I know that about you. If you haven't subscribed already, do so. I'm happy to be on the Access More Network. And remember, you don't have to come from a happy home to create one. You too can have a happy home. <laughs>